0: Welcome to vineyard
1: 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Hey, good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas to you. It's amazing to think that this time next week is gonna be Christmas Day. Are you excited? Yeah, very excited. Um, For me, it feels like there's been quite a long lead up to Christmas this year. Um, Even as far back as October, um, I was in a shop called Fat Face and they were already playing Feed the World. And I felt so sorry for the sales assistants. I was thinking, oh my goodness, they're gonna have two months of Christmas songs. And it does feel like the commercial side of Christmas. There's a lot of it, isn't there, in the lead-up to Christmas Day. And it can be really hard to find the true meaning of Christmas in all of the commercial stuff. I know for me, I like to buy Christmas cards which have got something about the birth of Jesus on them, and at least say, Happy Christmas. But a lot of Christmas cards just say things like, Season's Greetings, or Happy Holidays they don't really say much about the true meaning of the birth of Jesus. And even nativity plays sometimes don't truly represent the birth of Jesus as it's told to us in the Bible. So I had a friend who, um, I have a friend, who has got twin boys, and they were in the nativity play a few years ago. And she was saying to me, oh, one of them is going to be a shepherd, and one of them is going to be an alien. And I thought I'd misheard, so I said, oh, one's going to be a shepherd, and one's going to be an angel. And she said, no, one of them is going to be a shepherd, and one of them is going to be an alien. And I never quite got to the bottom of how the alien appeared in the nativity. (laughs) But it was just another example of how much the world is choosing a different narrative to what the Christmas story is all about. Just seeing it as a meaningless religious story that can be edited in to fit in with current current trends or what people want to hear. And missing the fact that this historical event for which there's so much evidence has great meaning. It carries the utmost meaning for all of us. Now, we are blessed to have four gospel accounts of Jesus's life in the Bible, and each of them introduces Jesus in a different way. Matthew begins his gospel by laying out Jesus' genealogy, his family tree, going back as far as Abraham. Now, Matthew was one of Jesus' disciples, and he placed great importance on laying out Jesus' ancestry because he was writing to fellow Jews. Showing that Jesus was a direct descendant of David and Abraham would have been so compelling to his readers especially because this fulfilled Old Testament prophecies. Matthew then goes on to describe the events surrounding the birth of Jesus and the no aliens. The Gospel of Mark skips the birth story and he gets straight into the action of Jesus's ministry. He was writing specifically to Christians in Rome. Luke, which is one of my favorite Gospels because it's so jam-packed full of Jesus's healing miracles, He was a doctor, and he wanted to make sure that his readers had as many details as possible. And this, like Matthew, included the birth of Jesus, and also included the genealogy. But uh, with Luke, he goes even further back than Matthew. So Matthew went back as far as Abraham, uh, but Luke goes all the way back to Adam, the very first man. By going all the way back to Adam, Luke wanted to show his readers that Jesus is related to all of us, the whole world, because we are all descendants of Adam. Luke's audience was his friend Theophilus and the Gentiles. And also, in his story about the, the birth of Jesus, there are no aliens. Now, the Gospel of John is different. He wrote his Gospel not with a specific audience in mind, like the other Gospel writers, but for everyone. Christians and non-Christians, Jews and Gentiles. And he has a different perspective of when Jesus' story really started. And I'm gonna invite Adora to come up and read to us from John chapter one, verses one to
0: 14. It will come up on the slides as well. Thanks. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. full of grace and truth.
1: Amazing. Yeah, round of applause for was <laughs> Okay, so where would you say John starts with the story of Jesus? In the beginning, excellent. Yeah, in the beginning at the birth of creation. So even before Jesus' birth in the stable, as told by Matthew and Luke, and before Adam was made, Jesus was there at the beginning. Now that's quite something to get our heads around, isn't it? That Jesus was there at the beginning. And John knew that it would be a challenging message to his readers. And it's interesting that he doesn't say, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Instead, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We know that John is talking about Jesus because in verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So what is it about the term, the word, that John felt was important? Well, this is where we have to remember that our English versions of the Bible have been translated from the original languages it was written in. And there are some words where the English translation doesn't give the full flavor of what the writer was trying to say. So for us, when we hear the word, we just think about the word word, don't we? The spoken word or the written word. However, in the context that John was living in, the word was a term used by people who were studying religion and philosophers, both Greeks and Jews in many different ways. John's Gospel was written in the major international language of the time, which was Greek, and the word used was logos. Can you say that? Logos. Logos. Very good. Um, Those who were reading in Greek are likely to have understood logos to mean the principle of reason that governed the world, or the reason for being. It is a word that describes how everything in creation holds together making our very existence possible. Now That is a big definition, big definition for a small word. In Hebrew, the word was another expression for God. We see in Hebrew scripture, the Old Testament, that the word was an agent of creation or the source of God's message to his people. In fact, all of these definitions are true about Jesus. And I wonder if John deliberately used the term, the word, to help people from different cultures, Jewish or Greek, who understood the word in slightly different ways, to be able to come to the same conclusion, that Jesus Christ is Lord, amen? Amen. Amen. What John was saying was highly controversial to many and would have been considered by some as blasphemous because John was clearly stating that Jesus is God. The idea of the word being an agent of creation is so evident too in the language that John uses in the first five verses. Can you remember how the book of John starts? How did it start? In the beginning. Where where else do we see these words in the beginning? Genesis, right at the start of the Bible in the beginning, at the very beginning, Genesis. So I'm just going to read for us um, Genesis 1, verses 1 to 5. And it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. It's so interesting that there are so many similarities between John 1 verses 1 to 5 and Genesis 1, uh, 1 to 5, and I've actually made a bit of a comparison um, here and you can see that the bits in green are the, in the beginning bits, the bits in blue are the creation bits, and then the bits in orange are the light and darkness bits. There's real parallels, isn't there, between those two passages. And if you'd like to do some homework, I know this is church and we don't do homework, but if you'd like to study a bit more, you can also look in the epistle of 1 John. Because 1 John, verse, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5 are also very, very similar. John is obviously trying to get our attention with this. So, it's no coincidence that John started his gospel with the words in the beginning. These words were so familiar with the Jews. They would have recited these words over and over again, they would have heard them over and over again. These words would have certainly got their attention, their ears would have really pricked up. And they would have known that because John used these words at the very beginning, that he was about to say something really significant to them to do with God and their own personal stories. John carries on the similarities with the book of Genesis by referencing creation and light. In Genesis, we see that the earth was void and there was darkness. But then God spoke saying, oh, you're good. Yeah, let there be light and there was light. God didn't remove the darkness completely, but he contained it, separating light from the darkness. And John continues with the reference to light by describing Jesus as bringing light to all mankind. The message of Genesis and John, of God's light overcoming the darkness, is something that we all need to hear today, isn't it? In our own lives, in our families, in Battersea, in our country, in the world. And the light of Jesus is able to penetrate through all the darkness that we face Now, light is a truly amazing thing. What would you say are some of the qualities or characteristics of light? Just shout out some ideas. What are the qualities and characteristics of light? Bright, yeah? Warmth? Colour? Love? See, it helps you to see, absolutely. Radiant? Yeah, absolutely. Any other ideas? Hope gives hope, absolutely. I've come up with some ideas myself. I had a bit longer to think about it than you guys. Uh, It enables us to see. It guides us. It brings life. I don't know if any of you have got plants at home, but the plants that I have, they tend to lean towards the light because it gives them life. It's more powerful than darkness. It shifts darkness So I lived in um, a place called Mbali in Uganda for two years, and we were always having power cuts. We'd have power for like two days, and then 12 hours it would be off. And uh, we had these oil lamps at home, and it was amazing how it would be pitch black, absolutely pitch black, and then we would light one of the oil lamps, and the whole room lit up because light shifts darkness. Light brings revelation. It can protect us if you think of things like Uh, lighthouses, gives hope, as someone said. It is a creative force. So I was thinking about sunlight and how when it combines with rain, it can bring a rainbow, it creates things. Darkness can't do that, can it? Darkness can't create something. It brings transformation and it's active and dynamic. Light is so incredible. Um, I went to the planetarium in Greenwich a few weeks ago. I don't know if any of you have been. Yeah, a few of you. It's amazing. I'd really recommend it. And it was so cool to learn about how dynamic light is. Have you got any idea how long it takes for light to travel from the moon to earth? Do you want to have a guess? Ten seconds less than that. So you're really close. Two seconds, very close. It's 1.3 seconds. That's quite something to think of, isn't it? The moon is so far away and it takes 1.3 seconds for light to get to earth. What about the sun? How long do you think it would take for light to travel from the sun to earth? Eight minutes, who said that? Gwen, what's that? did you know that? Oh, that is good knowledge. <laughs> very, we're very bright here at V61, Bats to C. Light is active. It carries energy and it brings change as it shines. It's truly remarkable, yet the light that Jesus brings as light of the world is even more powerful than the natural light that he has created. Yes, there is darkness in the world, but the light of Jesus is more powerful. I think of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the darkness that is present there. I have friends and colleagues in different cities across Ukraine because the charity I work for has a partner organization there. And I visited the country three times. It's an amazing place. Many of my friends and colleagues have been displaced from their homes because because of the bombing. Many of them have lost loved ones. Yet they are also sharing stories of Jesus' light penetrating through the darkness of war. They are strong Christians and they've prayed big prayers and they're seeing some miraculous things happen as Jesus shines his light on the situation. Missiles have not gone off when they're supposed to, bullets have gone past soldiers and civilians, not hurting anyone, and Russian soldiers have got confused and have deserted their posts, and many people are coming to faith. My friends Sergei and Vika lead a church in Kiev, and not only have they seen the light of Jesus penetrating the darkness of the war, but God has really used them and their team as light. At the beginning of the war, they were providing food to people who were sheltering in the metro and in hospitals. They were helping with evacuations from Kiev and the east area of Ukraine to safer parts in western Ukraine. And more recently, they have been raising money to build mobile homes and give mobile homes to elderly people whose homes have been destroyed. Their acts of kindness are bringing such joy to many, especially the elderly and the vulnerable. And we can see here this elderly lady, she lost her home, it's been demolished, and you can see the mobile home coming in. That's my friend Vika on the left uh, with the lady. In John uh, John 1, verse five, it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I want to show another photo now And um, sorry, the resolution's not great. It's a photo I took about 15 years ago when we didn't have digital photos as such. But it's a picture that I took from my cousin's house uh, on the island of St. Vincent in the Caribbean. And it was amazing to watch this storm come in because it was moving in like in a kind of vertical way. So on the left-hand side you can see a lovely Caribbean, the seaside and everything. But then this storm is coming. But what I've always loved about this photo is this little light over here. It's not very clear, but there's a light there and it's a boat with its light on. And it's just great to see that even though the darkness has come, the light is still shining brightly. Again, John 1 verse five says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus brings light into situations but he also brings light into our hearts. Jesus has certainly brought life into my heart. I grew up in a Christian home and I had a very strong and simple faith when I was a child. But as a teenager, I wasn't interested in church at all. I thought it was boring, I thought it was weird, and I thought it was irrelevant. However, when I was 22, I started to feel a desire to connect with God again and to go to church. I found a great church in London and invited Jesus into my heart. And he has been lighting up my life in different ways ever since. One of the things he's done is to remove labels that have kind of been placed on me through my life. Either me placing them on myself or others. Um, So one example would be uh, when I was at primary school, me and my brother experienced a lot of racist abuse. So we had a lot of racist names put on us. But Jesus, and his kindness, has really helped those to be removed, which has been amazing. Jesus has also helped me to understand my identity as a child of God. In our world today, there can be so much pressure to identify ourselves by our ethnicity, our race, our sex, our gender, sexual orientation, job, marital status, all those things. And those are all kind of part of us, but actually our core identity is through being children of God. Jesus has also shined his light on my life by healing heartbreaks and disappointments. And he's also helped me to address sin and darkness in my life. So I'm not going to list all my sins here. It would take too long. But (laughs) one thing that God has really helped me with is working through jealousy Now, when I was, um, well, when my brother, he was three years old. It was his third birthday, and I was four. And he got this orange car, which was amazing. You could get in it, and it had pedals, and you could drive around it. And I was furious. I was like, how come I haven't got one of them? I'm older than him, and I should get one first. I was so jealous, consumed with jealousy. And, of course, children are like that, aren't they, (laughs) when their siblings get something that they want. Unfortunately for me, jealousy has been something that I have lived with quite a long time. But Jesus has really been shining a light on it and helping me to notice when I'm having jealous thoughts and really helping me to actually combat that and come against it. And it's been great. And um, I've been doing a course called SOCOM, which is the School of Kingdom Ministry, uh, which is amazing. And Kelsey, one of the leaders, the other day she was asking us to think about areas of our lives where we've seen transformation and it really dawned on me wow I am really not struggling with jealousy like I used to that's been a really big transformation in my life praise the Lord <laughs> Jesus has given us all a beautiful invitation he invites us to welcome him as light of the world into our hearts to receive him and to be filled with his light He has also blessed us with a guiding light to help us to navigate life, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to walk in the light and to bring light to others through acts of love and gifts of the Spirit, such as healing and wisdom. And it is through Jesus that we can know God the Father, the Father of the heavenly lights. In John 1 verse 9, it says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This light that Jesus brings is for everyone, every single person, not just those who seem super holy or really, really good. Everyone. John wants to make that really, really clear to us. Jesus gave light to the criminal being crucified next to him, even in the last moments. He turned Saul's life around on the road to Damascus. Saul had been encouraging the murder of Christians, yet Jesus shined his light brightly on him and brought complete transformation. Jesus wants to bring light even to those we think are the most unlikely to want to receive it. Not only did Jesus come into the world in the flesh and live as fully human and fully divine, he also died for us taking all of our sins onto himself and defeating the power of sin on the cross. And of course, the story did not finish there. Darkness did not overcome light. Light overcame the darkness. Jesus rose again and is alive today. We get to say yes if we want to to receiving the light that he offers and to have a relationship with him. In John 8, verse 12, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we eagerly await his second coming when the kingdom of darkness will be defeated for good and all of us who receive Jesus into our hearts will live in eternity in the kingdom of light. How cool is that? I'm going to ask the band to come up as I end in prayer. And just a couple of things I'd love you to hold on to in your hearts are that Jesus came to bring light to the world. His light shines and darkness is not able to overcome it. Jesus came to bring light into your life. He offers us an amazing invitation to receive him into our hearts. And he enables us to become children of God. I'm going to end in prayer. And then Viv or Zeke will come up and just lead us in a time of ministry. Um, But let's pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending your precious son, Jesus, to bring light into the world and to bring light into our hearts. We thank you that even though there is darkness in the world, it is not able to overcome your light. We thank you for the power and peace that comes through your light. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to allow more of your light into our hearts and minds. Lord, where there is any darkness or sin in our lives, shine your light on it and help us to turn away from it and live in the light with the strength that you give us. Lord, we ask that you would bring your light to situations we are worried about. Health of a loved one, our own health, our job or housing situation, finances, relationships, and anything else. Lord Jesus, would you bring transformation through the power of your precious name? And Lord, help us this Christmas to be a light to others. Give us boldness and confidence to share your light. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's
0: podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.